This episode is sponsored by the Hohoba Company. I firmly believe that massage therapists should only be using the highest quality products because our clients deserve it and our own bodies deserve it. I've been using Hohoba for years. Here's why Hohoba is non allergenic. I can use it on any client and every client without fear of an allergic reaction. Jojoba is non-comedogenic, which means it won't clog pores. So if you have a client that's prone to acne or breakouts, Jojoba is a great choice for them. It also won't go rancid. It doesn't contain triglycerides like many products, so it won't go bad. This makes Jojoba a great carrier for essential oils too. And finally, Jojoba won't stain your 100% cotton sheets, so your linens will look better for longer, and since Jojoba won't go rancid, They'll always smell fresh and clean. For more information and to get some jojoba, go to massagebusinessblueprint.com slash jojoba. That's massagebusinessblueprint.com slash J-O-J-O-B-A. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Massage Business Blueprint Podcast, where we discuss the business side of massage therapy. I'm Michael Reynolds. And I'm Alyssa Haynes. And we're your hosts. What's going on, Alyssa? What's up? Nothing. I am like knee deep in vacation from my office. I have a handful of days off. I've had like two, one or two off already. And there's been, I'm totally going to post a picture of this, uh, like, there's been flow. I'll just blur the kid's face out because I don't like to post pictures of the kid's faces. But sure, fair enough. Um, <laughs> we have this giant like narwhal inner tube thing that <laughs> floats around in the pool. <laughs> and, and the boy child was just like floating around on it yesterday. And I was like, this kid is my spirit animal. And um, I don't, it, it's not appropriate to say that, I think. But uh, it's like a cultural appropriation thing. But I just look at him and I'm like, Man, I want to I want to live like he he is living his best life right now <laughs> in the summer, hopping in the pool whenever he wants and floating around on his belly on a giant narwhal. A narwhal. That's, a narwhal. that's like the best part of it. Which by the way, if I haven't said this, I don't know if you know this, I did not know that narwhals were real things. Oh yeah. I thought that they were like unicorns. They, I didn't think that they were a real yeah. animal until like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, they're totally real. Every week there's a new animal as the theme in Eli's daycare. And one week for Anne, it was narwhal. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't until like two years ago that I learned that it's an actual thing and not like just a Harry Potter creation. <laughs> just a waterborne unicorn. <laughs> this is exactly, I just had never, okay. So that's a little bit about me, smart in some ways, dumb in there others. And, and this, and I learned this because my niece was like a marine biologist and she was like, yeah, they're, they're real, Alyssa. No way. <laughs> so. Fun fact for the day. I'm sure we've educated at least a handful of our listeners who also probably did not think narwhals were real. I'll, I'll post a picture in the show notes. Um, and Michael, how are you? I'm great. It is, uh, it is very hot here. It's like 90, mid-90 degrees, but uh, hey, you know, whatever. It skipped spring here in Indianapolis. It went from winter to summer in like five minutes, so we're just in for a, a hot summer. So other than that, it's great. Too bad you don't have a pool like I do. I know, oh, but yeah. I'm thinking. I think we're going to join the Y because they have an outdoor pool, so that's on our Excellent. radar. Excellent. So, all right, you're ready to get into like the terror of today's topic. Oh man, I just if <laughs> if we're not losing listeners yet, like this is going to do it <laughs> because I think we're ranting about independent contractors today, aren't we? 
we talk, it's not a rant. It's a really well-reasoned conversation. I'm sorry. We're, we're conducting a well-reasoned conversation today about independent contractors. That will totally be wrapped up with Michael's rant because this gets under his skin. I know. I can't help it. I know. I will try to be, I'll try to behave today. All right. So it's no secret that we are not fans of the independent contractor model. And there's a handful of reasons for this. And then there's some newer legal oriented reasons for this as well. But I want to kind of touch on the non-legal stuff first and why in general, these kinds of independent contractors, so-called agreements, uh, stress me out a little bit. So they're super unclear. Like, and this is a beef I have with most massage businesses that employer contract other therapists to work on site with the owner or just under the owner. Uh, it's super, super unclear. It's done in a million different ways. It's done badly in most of them. And the logistics and the systems and the processes are never well documented, explained, communicated, or executed. And I mean this in so many ways. Like, And I see this all the time online. And even in emails people send, like, what's a good percentage split for blah, blah, blah? Like, oh, there's so much context here. And there's so much gray area with confused expectations. And let's just, I'm going to run through a list of, like, ways this gets confused. Like, equipment. Okay, so the massage room that you're going to use as a contractor, let's say, has a table, has a rolling stool. Are you allowed to use the hot towel cabinet? Are you, are you using the linens? Are you using the owner's lubricants? Are you bringing your own in? And that's, those are like the real tangible things that we tend to think of and that are, usually get communicated pretty well. Who's responsible for, like, are you using your own linens? Or are you using the offices? And if you're using the offices, who is responsible for putting them into the washer or dropping them off at the laundromat? Who is paying for that laundering? And is that coming out of your percentage or is there going to be a fee on top of that? And ditto this extensive gray area stuff for all the services involved in running this kind of business. Like who's answering a phone? Whose phone number is someone calling to schedule an appointment? And if someone calls your phone number first, but the first couple times they came for a massage, they called the, the main office's phone number then it, are you stealing their client or is it still your client? No, frankly, I know legally, if you're an independent contractor, it's your client. But the owner of, and manager of the establishment may not feel it that way because there's so much gray area. Ditto that for a website. Are you going to have your own website? You're going to be listed on theirs. If you're listed on theirs, do you have any control over your service descriptions? Do you have any control over what your bio says? Do you have any control over what happens if they mention you on social media and you do or don't like the way that they mention you or they describe the service you provide wrong or they make a happy ending joke? What, you you know, sometimes that happens with like different salon owners who are not massage therapists. They don't understand what is and isn't funny to us. Scheduling, phone answering, online scheduling limitations, record keeping. If you're an independent contractor and you are seeing clients at a location and you leave, can you copy and take your client records with you? Does the owner agree with how you feel about that? Because technically, if you're an independent contractor, you are running your own business and your agreement with that 
salon, let's say, is a business-to-business -business agreement. It's not an employment agreement. So do you guys agree on this? What about a dress code? If you're a contractor, the owner and manager can't make you wear their t-shirt or make you wear their polo shirt. And they might think that they can. And you might have entered an IC relationship not realizing what their expectations were of you and then gotten knee deep into it and or just started to learn more and become a more seasoned massage therapist with uh, having met other massage therapists at continuing education events who have said, uh, yeah, I don't think you're really a contractor. They're treating you like an employee. And this is, this is the primary root of why I hate independent contracting and why uh, I have yet to see anyone doing it really, really well. And that's the, my primary it's where my primary hatred of this of this type of arrangement comes from. It's rarely done with beautiful communication, proper documentation, really get great contract that respects both the owner of the business and the independent contractor. And I feel like it's just this half-butted way of being like, I want to own my own business, but not really being ready or willing to do the work to launch your own business. It's, I think it becomes a real mediocre permanent stepping stone when it wasn't intended to be that for a lot of people. So that's, um, so before I bump into the other options for, you know, working and having a career in this field, and then also some of the, by point people towards some of the legal-ish stuff going on that makes me hate it even more. Michael, let's do your rant. Oh, my... Right Are you now. ready? Oh, yeah, okay. you want it? I was waiting till the end. <laughs> you don't well, have guess, to. Okay, so um, I will try to behave again, like I said before, but I guess I want to start my rant with a question. Why, why do you think most people, I shouldn't say most, I don't really know the numbers, but why do you think a lot of massage therapists go the independent contractor route when they're hiring uh, or when they're bringing on team members? Why do you think they choose that? Uh, I think they choose that because they think having employees is going to be way harder than just having contractors. That's what I thought. That seems to be the consensus. Most people, when I ask them why they chose to bring on independent contractors as team members, they just think, oh, well, hiring employees is a lot more work. And that always puzzles me because when I dig and ask, well, how, why is it more work? No one can give me a straight answer. And honestly, I believe it's because it's really not that much more work at all. And in fact, I think it's a lot easier in some ways. So there's a number two reason here too. Oh yeah. And, and that is actually... I sympathize with owners of larger businesses who do this because it's really hard to find massage therapists who understand that an IC agreement may not benefit them most. Um, and, and I think massage therapists as a whole tend to be rebellious and don't want to be employees, don't want anybody telling them what to do, don't understand why an employer being an employer would keep 70 to 80 percent of the massage fee to like i think massage therapists in general who go to work for other people in one way or another do not wholly comprehend what it takes to run a business financial wise and all they see is that the massage business owner gets 100 bucks for the massage they perform and they only get 30 bucks in a tip that seems ridiculous because they don't comprehend unless they've had the experience of being an ic that they're going to do worse or equal as an IC. I think that that's, it's a, it's a education issue on the part of 
massage therapists in the field. Probably. I don't think schools, I mean, and I don't want to blame everything on schools. They're, they're working hard, but I don't think that there's a, a really great, I don't think that, that we're teaching massage that I think there's predatory schools who are like, you can make a hundred dollars an hour when you get out of massage school. Uh, and like, that's crap. And I'm also have a really big beef with pretty much every massage business resource out there that talks about like gross profit, earning a certain amount of money, and then doesn't acknowledge that expenses will bring that down. And then they'll be like, okay, so maybe you make $100,000 a year doing massage or services, and uh, you only take home 75000 And in people's heads, they're like, I take home 75000 But then they don't, they're not like, no, 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 you take home 50 after taxes. Or, you know, and I'm, those are big numbers. Like the reality of this would be like, the, I think a more realistic number would be like, you're going to make $50,000 performing massage. Great. You're going to spend 15000 on expenses. Or let's say, that's, that's a lot. So let's say 10000 on expenses. So you're going to take home $40,000, except that you're not because you're going to pay tax on that and you're going to take home $30,000. Like we don't do a really good job of making it clear to people what they really will take home after taxes, either as a business owner or uh, even as a contractor. Uh, and I think if there was a realistic setup for that, people would see that they sometimes they can actually make more money as an employee with a lot less thinking about your business once you walk out of the massage office. So I, I think that partly it's because employers are unreasonably afraid of what being an employer is, and partly because the workforce itself is undereducated about what it means. That was way longer than I intended to go off on that. Well, I already sensed two new episodes coming out of this, and I'll, one is obviously talking about the the realistic picture of income. And I think we may have talked about this before. In the second episode, I'll talk about it in a minute, but the you're right. I think a lot of people are, for me, it seems like the number one thing is they just think it's high maintenance to hire employees. And it's really not. Like bottom line is it's not. In fact, I think it's actually easier. Um, I have multiple businesses with W2 team members, uh, regular employees, and it's really not that difficult. Um, and again, the second, the other episode I wanted to mention that we can probably spin this off into is basically how to all the ins and outs of how to hire people as employees. But we'll get into that later. But it's really not that big a deal. You get a payroll system. Uh, you figure out, you know, what how you want to hire people, and that's basically it. I mean, you need a good payroll system, and that pretty much takes care of most of it. And a lot of people don't realize that you can actually hire team members, and you can give them all the flexibility you want. You can actually give them freedom, flexibility, uh, buy into the business, um, ownership, kind of perspective into the operations of the business if you want to. You can give them all the same benefits of behaving like an independent contractor, but you can pay them like an employee and be perfectly legal and uh, you can have a lot more benefits to add on to that as well. Like if you want to add a 401k plan eventually or if you want to add health benefits, you can do all those things much more easily. And to me, it just feels more like the right thing to do. If you're going to have a team and you're going to treat them like part of your business and you're going to integrate them into your brand, doesn't it feel like the right thing to do to have them as employees of your business working in your business and make it very clean? That's just my perspective on it. I don't disagree. Michael, who's our halftime sponsor? 
Oh, well, actually, we have a different halftime sponsor today because it's kind of us. I so know. We have an event coming up that we are going to be attending and kind of showcasing at, and that is the World Massage Festival at worldmassagefestival.com. And we are partnering with ABMP for the World Massage Festival, and we're building all sorts of fun things. We're going to be at the ABMP booth there doing consultations and meeting people. So, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, and it is August 6th through 9th, 2018, and I totally took over the halftime spot, even though you were probably ready, so that's my shtick, so what else do you want to add? That's okay. Michael did like the professional version of it. Okay, this is what we're doing. We're going to, <laughs> we're going to hang out at the ABMP booth for a couple of days. We are going to do one-to-one um, -one business consults with attendees at the conference. We are or the festival. Pardon me. We are going to have this great uh, question jar, essentially, where people can like drop their business and marketing questions into the jar. Uh, all through the first couple of days of the festival. And then Michael and I are going to record a couple podcasts on the spot there, um, answering like all these rapid fire questions that people leave for us. Um, we are going to probably eat lots of sushi and sit by the pool. And I'm really, I, I went to the festival once before in Vegas and I don't like gamble. I really don't even drink. And, but uh, like I, I loved it. It was just super fun. It's super chill. And if you're going, know that you're going to need to come and play at the ABMP booth and see us. And we're just super excited. You know, we write the column, the uh, Blueprint for Success column for uh, the ABMP Massage and Body Work magazine. And uh, we had that great retirement article feature a couple months ago. And I just love the work that we do with ABMP. We got a couple projects coming up with them as well that I'm not sure if we're allowed to talk about yet, but we're doing some cool stuff with them. So I'm really, really excited that we're going to be at this event. We get to hang out with ABMP. We get to meet a whole bunch of new people because Michael and I have not done any live events together as Massage Business Blueprint, have we? That's the so. first thing. So it'll be really fun. Michael wants to have t-shirts made. I'm like, whatever, but we're doing it. <laughs> They're going to look awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. It should be fun. So, all right, let's jump back in. So there's two bits I want to get to here. One, what are your other options? So your options are, like we talked about, to have employees where you can control the schedule, the service delivery, delivery the reputation, the dress code, what, uh, what people do with their time between massage appointments if you um, pay them hourly or you have a combination hourly and commission situation. Your other option is also just to have renters, which I've talked about a lot here because it's what I do at my office. I simply rent space to other practitioners. And this is a, there's a lot to this because you have to rent to people who you trust to make smart decisions and not make your office look terrible um, reputation-wise or physically. Um, and we're going to have another episode coming up about how to be a great office mate. So we'll cover that more there. Those are your other options. You, know, you can do renters. You can, you can do employees. If you're still considering doing independent contractors, you want to listen to what I have coming up next and then also get some really great advice from business attorneys in your state and also uh, your tax advisor so that you can uh, get things set up properly uh, regardless of how you go with it. And the reason I'm specifying that you really want to get stuff done in your state is because or get advice in your state because states also get to interpret IRS code. So IRS code, Internal Revenue Service, is federal, this federal tax code. 
but states use that code and then have some of their own and they interpret it at state level courts and that's how things get applied um, on a state level in many cases so there's always been this standard of like so, uh, independent contractor versus employee and there's always been three prongs to this approach to measure the degree of control and independence and they're the behavioral, which does the company control or have the right to control what the worker does or how they do their job. So like an employer can make you do their signature massage sequence. If uh, you're just a contractor, they cannot tell you how to massage. And then financial are the business aspects of the worker's job controlled by the payer. So like if you have an employer, then they can decide how much to charge the customer for the massage. If you're a contractor, you're supposed to have control over your own pricing. And how you're paid is part of your contract, and there's a real clear uh, agreement about tools and supplies and equipment and stuff like that. And then there's the type of relationship, like are there written contracts or employee benefits, like pension plan, vacation pay. Um, and then there's this like weird little thing that's been expanded. Will the relationship continue and is the work performed a key aspect of the business? And this is a, a little note that's been overlooked in the federal code for a long time. And states are starting to interpret this little bit that says, is the work performed a key aspect of the business? Massachusetts recently interpreted, not recently, it was a couple years ago, interpreted a case that has to do with like cab companies hiring contractors and they interpreted this whole employer versus contractor thing and one of the the notes that they expanded on was this same is the work performed a key aspect of the business and they interpreted to say if a contractor is providing a service that is a main service of the business or if there are other people in the business providing that service they can't be a contractor they're an employee so what that says is, and I'll use this as an example, let's say I've got five massage therapists working for me and they're all independent contractors. That's incorrect because there's massage, I'm running a massage business, they are all providing massage. Massage is in fact the key aspect of my business, it is the key service we offer and there is more than one person doing that. If I was to hire uh, someone to come in and do acupuncture and pay them as a contractor, and it was occasional, they could legally be a contractor. But because massage is the key aspect of my business, the people providing massage in my business cannot be contractors. They need to be employees. And this has been interpreted this way because state-level courts and state-level uh, revenue What's your, is your state called your Department of Revenue? That's what I'm trying to say. In Massachusetts, that's what it's called. Um, are recognizing that business owners have been misusing this independent contractor category, category. And they're starting to, uh, contractors are being, bringing court cases against these employers. And this is how the courts are deciding. So, I have had a lot of people argue with me about it, which is totally cool. Argue away. I'm not a lawyer. You need to talk to a lawyer in your state. I've had people say that, well, if you have five massage therapists, but each of them offers a different type of massage, that's a variety of services, so you're fine if they're contractors. 
I don't know that an IRS auditor, state or federal, is going to agree with that or comprehend the different types of modalities that massage therapists provide and give you a pass on that. I do know that if they disagree with you, you're going to owe a whole busload of back taxes and penalties and employment benefits to these people who you have miscategorized for years. So this is happening in more and more states. I'll put the links to how this happened in Massachusetts a couple years ago. I am not going to create an exhaustive list because I, I don't really want to, and also because I want you to contact someone in your state if you feel like this might be a decision that's right for you to get really good advice. Document the crap out of it and then understand that you might be rolling the dice in the event of an audit because even in places where we think the federal tax code is really clear, it can be interpreted and but in many different ways. You could ask five tax attorneys a question and they'll answer it five different ways. But the only thing that really matters is the opinion of your auditor. And you want to keep that in mind. So if a service is performed outside the normal course of your business, you're fine. You can hire a painter as a contractor to come in and, and paint your office or whatever. But you can't have multiple practitioners doing the same service and legally have them categorized as contractors. And that is the end because I don't want to get too legally, but I wanted you all to know that this is happening because it's different from the conversation we would have had on this even five or 10 years ago, but it's happening. States are starting to interpret this and apply this. And you could even call your state attorney general's office to see if they have any legislation on this or any court decisions on this and or your state's Depart department of employment as well. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, and I think I go. I keep going back to why why not do it? And I know that it does cost a little bit more. And a lot of people say, "Oh, well, it costs more to have employees." Well, yeah, it's going to cost a little bit more. There's some tax stuff. There's some you know payroll system to pay for, but it's not that much. And I just like that it's the right thing to do. And there are other benefits that come with that. And a lot of it is I've already kind of mentioned the you know, the brand integration, the cohesive team aspect of it, being legal, all those are great things. And I don't know if they're, we might want to get them to be a sponsor because I love them so much. I'm not sure if they will be, but I'm going to go ahead and just do a shout out to my favorite payroll system, which is Gusto. I've been using Gusto lately and it is dreamy. So if anybody is worried about a payroll system or having to manage payroll, it's really very, very easy if you use a good system. And I, I use Gusto uh, for this personally. It's gusto.com and it handles all the state tax reporting for you. It does all the, you know, the back-end kind of weird financial tax stuff you have to worry about. All that is taken care of for you. If you want to plug in a 401k plan or plug in health benefits later, you can do that. It gives you all the I-9 documentation reporting stuff to go through. It's, it's all very, very easy and it makes it a dream to manage employees from an administrative standpoint. So there are, and it's like, it's very inexpensive. It's not that much per month either. So, And the reality is you may already have systems in place that can incorporate payroll very easily anyway. If you're already using QuickBooks, if you already have a bookkeeper, it's probably nominal to add a payroll situation into that. And it's probably not that hard to learn how to do it yourself once you have those systems in place and keep it really, really affordable. So yay for Gusto. Also know there's other options. Yeah. I'm just a big fan of like not beating your head against the wall doing stuff yourself and you should be outsourcing it for a fraction of the labor yep. it would cost. So, but you're right. Yeah. You can do it yourself. <laughs> uh, QuickBooks does have payroll. I'm not a fan of QuickBooks payroll. It's not quite as good as Gusto in my opinion, but it's there. So yeah, it's not that hard. So I'm glad I, 
I know a lot of people argue with you about this and argue with us about this, and, and you're right. That's okay to have debate, but it just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, it's not that difficult, and it's the right thing to do to have employees. Or just renters. Like, you have a good renter situation that works well for you, right? 90% of the time. <laughs> Mostly, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and it also, I mean, having, having renters and charging a flat rent means that they need to have skin in the game. Like they need to be putting out a certain flat amount per rent, you know, for rent every month. So they know they have to hustle and fill their schedule so that they can cover that, cover any of their other expenses and bring home what they need to. Whereas when you have contractors, if they don't care about making much money, that room is going to be empty. And they're controlling their schedule. So if they don't want to work, they don't have to work. And then you don't make money off of them. So they don't have skin in the game. And, and the reality is so many massage therapists are hobbyists. They don't count on this for their full-time income. So when that's the case, when someone has another income coming into their home, or you know, then that schedule is not their priority. And, um, and, you know, and I say this all with great empathy. I understand how hard it is to find good employees, to find good renters. But I think that when you hire contractors instead, you're just, you're just, uh, I'm going to use a word, you're just screwing yourself. Like if you're, if you end up with contractors because you can't find good employees or good renters, then maybe you just need to scale back and work on your own. Like that might be the thing. Um, because I think when you invite contractors in, you're creating a lot of gray area. That said, you might be really, really great at it with really, really great contracts, um, and really great communication expectations and great legal advice. So, you know, for, for realsies, you're doing it right and then rock on. But I've yet to see a really great case of that. Yeah, it's usually this weird limbo area. It's kind of wishy-washy. People call it a hybrid, but it's really just yeah. crappy. Well, I, I love talking about this, as you can tell. I know you do too. So I would say for our listeners, if you have questions about this or you want to have um, you know, a legitimate, open-minded you know, conversation about this and would like more information, definitely contact us. We would love to help you out with more specific guidance if you have, have some other questions or want to just talk it over. So. Um, hopefully it's helpful. So good stuff. Any other, any other thing you'll see with Adelissa? Are we good? I'm done, man. I'm done. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we will wrap it up there. And again, I, I, uh, I sense a couple other episodes coming out of this, which is really good stuff. So we'll start planning for that. And uh, again, just to, to come back to our halftime, uh, spot again, we'd love to see you at the world massage festival in Vegas. So, uh, if you're thinking about going, if you're kind of on the fence, definitely sign up and, and come play with us there. If you're already going to be there, absolutely come hook up with us and we would love to meet you there and hang out and be a part of our podcast too. Come join us as we record and we'll, we'll hang out with you there. So we can't wait to see many of you at the event. So with that, we'll wrap up there. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being a listener. Our website, as always, is massagebusinessblueprint.com. And if you have a topic or questions or anything you want to give us feedback on, uh, the email address to do that is podcast at massagebusinessblueprint.com. And uh, we appreciate you being a listener and part of our community. So until next time, have a great day. We'll see you then. Bye.